Around the NFL Podcast. The reason your wife is pissed and why you're sleeping on the couch. <laughs> we'll take that. Uh, that hits close to home, but um, it's I don't know where, who wrote <laughs> if, that, who authored if that. If that's how you want to spin it to help you get through some tough domestic times, put that on our shoulders. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. Dan Hans is here. Mark Sessler. Greg Rosenthal. Yeah. It Greg is. doesn't sleep on the couch, from what we know. I I sleep in the bed. Yep, that's true. I mean, it's a, is this going to turn into another uh, Russell Wilson? I don't know situation. where Mark was no. going with it. No, I often do sleep on the couch because I don't go to bed at like ten oh eight p.m. So then, if I enter that room, right. the open the door, it, it then I, I've often been blamed that I've I have w- added I'm waking that up the other individual to the repertoire. It's pretty rare I'm out late, but if she's already asleep and stuff, and I'm coming home late, I'll sleep, I'll sleep on but the couch in that be, scenario. But that's, but that's, a, that's pretty a, rare. That's a nice thing. Let me spin that. Let's spin really? that positively. Sometimes let's not still want to wake her up. Obtuse here, Fine. but when people say I'm sleeping on the couch, it's because there's some marital strife. Right. Sure. All right. Right. I'm not. I'm not saying all yes these shiny or... boys. Like I know, I want to wake her up. It's like no. We're talking about people that are sleeping on the couch because yeah. the wife doesn't right. want you. Greg's to bed. out late and he's like, "Can't wake her up. Better sleep on the couch tonight." That's I, weird. I would say that Greg and I have packaged it a certain way. There could be other things. Right. That Absolutely. Play I mean, um, you're you have an addiction. You have an addiction to the Around the NFL podcast. It's breaking up your marriage. Priorities. I think you've made the right choice. The listeners. I we'll wouldn't call it an you. addiction. I think it's something that you know you've all you've long deserved. All right, here we go. Let's get into it. It's our third show in as many days uh, because that's how we grind because the new league year is closing in. The legal tampering period ahead of the dawn of the new league year is, what, 84 hours away? I don't know, something like that. Monday at noon Eastern, that begins, and that's when teams or agents and teams can start to talk about doing business. And then Wednesday is when contracts can be fa- finalized. The trades that we've seen this week, like Russell Wilson to the Broncos, Carson Wentz to the, as Mark says, commanders, uh, that becomes official on Wednesday. And uh, we are going to have some fun today because we will uh, get into some moves we'd like to see once that legal tampering period opens up on Monday. Or even before that, as the reports continue to roll in, hopefully maybe there's one more big bombshell that drops this week uh, before we get to the big week next week. Do it. Do it. Why not? Go for it. Um, Also, we have a guest coming in, or not coming in, but via, not satellite, but like the equivalent of someone being via satellite in 1996, Skype. I mean, there probably are satellites involved to some degree. I don't know to what degree. Really? Really? Okay. Well, or, or Sean, possibly totally not. Sean Michael Dugar, who covers the Seahawks for the Athletic and does a damn well. Uh, he just wrote a banger about everything that led to the divorce uh, of the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. So good timing to have him on the program and see where Seattle is and get a little more, learn a little more about the Russell Wilson dynamic with Pete Carroll, which certainly soured. It sounds like Greggy as the years went along. I love this stories like the one that he wrote which was kind of like a dump of all the information that he had in his back pocket over the last few years of what was going on and you know that the Pete Carroll Russell Wilson like power dynamic is is up my alley he nailed well we and we are fans of the athletic they do really great work and have a lot of great reporters over there and I think one of the things they're famous for is when the big story drops 
the next 24 to 72 hours, you're going to get the postmortem. Here's what was going on before that huge news. And Yeah, I'll talk to him about it. But it's like, hey, we don't want to burn that, that source uh, while Russell Wilson's on the team. Oh, he's leaving? All right, let's just put it. Notebook up. dump. <laughs> Uh, yes, and we'll uh, get caught up on some news. Uh, things slowed down in the last 24 hours, which is okay because we had so much to digest over Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, but we will get you caught up there. But let's start there. Let's start with things we'd like to see happen, boys. I mean, this is the off season. Yeah, there really is no off season in the NFL anymore, but things will quiet down a little bit and the focus will shift back to the draft in about a week to 10 days. Uh, but from basically this week through next Thursday or so, it's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of interesting. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about all of these teams. So let's let's uh, share some moves we'd like to see. Greg, why don't you get us going? I'm just going to go with like a regular old free agent signing to start uh, as I, you know, more obviously embrace my Chargers fandom. Let's just put Gronk on that team. I, I think Gronk's got a lot to offer. Mark's showing me his highlighted. So no, no, I, I think that's a. I actually was one of my top four was Rob Gronkowski to the Chargers. I they need a tight end. This is well done, Greg. I I just make so much. He's still still a top five or six tight end. It's one of the most surprising things to me in in the current NFL that he was playing as well. I just want to know that how Mark was gonna get the other names just kind of like little notes under his Rob Gronkowski to the Chargers. He wrote three names, Trey McKitty, Gabe Niebers, and Hunter Camp Moyer. I thought those last two names were made up, but is that their That is their current under contract um, cadre of tight ends. So I think the McKitty, I knew that sounds like a made up name, but um, Trey McKitty, I kind of like he's going to have a market. Now it might not happen in the next week or so. That's the weird thing with Gronk. He might kind of just be like, "Eh, I don't really want to, sign until July because I don't want to play in training camp. I don't want to deal with the offseason. So he could be someone that's sitting out there, uh, but I think he could help a lot of teams. Buffalo is another team that supposedly is interested in Gronk Bengals, maybe. He, I mean, Gronk has earned his position, which is you're not going to see Rob Gronkowski sign with the Falcons. You're not going to see him sign with the Texans. He will sign. If, if he does want to continue playing, it certainly seems like he does. It will be with a contender um, sure, maybe the Rams will make room for him. You know, you know how the, these things work. But the Chargers, to me, yes, and and we are uh, Herbert Files in this uh, studio. So the idea of giving him another red zone target, I like that one. I like that one. That's good. I just want to start with like a nice meat and potato. That's nah, fun. Not get too crazy. That's fun. How about you, Marky? I I have a Jets one for you later, but okay. I want to talk about the other New York team because I am I I kind of hate when people say this like the league is better when Team X is good, but I do feel that way about the Giants because that was like, you know, Dan and I grew up in Giants territory and they've kind of just been this fizzled out mess for so long. And am I really supposed to think that if you're the Giants that Brian Dayball is going to make something out of Daniel Jones? Um, Possibly. I'm not into it. I want to see something much bigger happen here. And we already are about to talk about QB divorces with team. I see that coming. Uh, and the next melodrama that we could put an end to real quick is Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. I, I know Ooh. that like, no matter what happens here, I would love to see the Giants find a way mm. to wrest Kyler Murray away from Arizona, get him into New York Giants, red, white, and blue, and have Brian Dable send Daniel Jones back to Arizona. Check you later, Cardinals. The Giants are back <laughs> uh, on the map. I'm giving you resting Greg face right now. <laughs> well, this I is don't meant like to this. be things I want to see. But I don't. Know, I, it, here's why I don't like. I like your whole vibe. Okay. 
I like your idea of making a New York football team relevant again. Great. I love your Hawaiian shirt. Okay. Reminds me of an old boss we used to have, but not that's not, not okay. a good memory. But not maybe okay. you're you're taking uh, Charles Manson stole this from the Beatles. We're stealing it back. You're doing the Bono thing, but with Hawaiian shirts. Okay, well, at least I, I like that, that part of my presentation you, you, find, you find appealing to Ky- Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray going to the New York media market? No, I don't like that at all. He put the Cardinals back on his Instagram. Oh, that's great. I, that, that, I, I saw that, and I, I went with this anyways. I think, that he, I think that was probably another world of psychological I think, warfare. I think there. Kyler Murray obviously is tremendously talented, and I— and I, my record, I'm on the record that I have, I have some misgivings about him after uh, last season. It's a Dan Hansis shout out before any of the drama. Thank you, Paul Rudd, uh, around Kyler Murray started to surface. So yes, I'm a little on guard about him, but at the same time, is he an upgrade over Daniel Jones? Absolutely. But I've, I've heard enough about him in the reports. There's enough smoke here for me to wonder, like, how would that guy handle a market like New York? And I'm not saying that would be the reason not to do it. But that's what my initial thought was. Ooh, how would that go? Counterpoint, what if Daniel Jones, and we, we haven't learned this, it's not been confirmed yet, but behind the scenes is a huge a-hole. <laughs> well, I don't think that's... He did go uh, to Duke. Um, no, I, I'll say this, that Daniel Jones, you're probably right that we shouldn't get too invested in the idea of Brian Dable fixing Daniel Jones and making it a Josh Allen 2.0. But man, I wouldn't mind seeing one year. I think the Gi- that's where the Giants I, I are. I think Daniel Jones is better than people think. I... I would love to see Kyler Murray move just for the entertainment of it all, and I'm not sure if Kingsbury is the guy to do it. I just can't imagine them making a deal without a more of a sure thing coming back. Now, I don't know who that would be. You know, is it, it, In general, what I'd like to see is more of these quarterbacks go. Baker, uh, Derek Carr could be one. Matt Ryan, like one of those that are maybe a little more established. I could imagine Arizona doing a deal where they also get some picks and an established guy. I don't know if Daniel Jones is that guy, but that would be fun. I one I do actually have some reporting on the personality of Whoa. Daniel Jones. And I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this. It came from an anonymous source. It's very well liked that Daniel Jones um, was standoffish to this individual on the red carpet at NFL on honors. <laughs> Erica tell us more about you that just incident. Buried me <laughs> I did not. Daniel Jones, um, right? Justin can back me up. Was um, not even standoffish was the word. I uh, it's a tough spot though. He might have already done some other interviews. No, you just, said Mac nope. Jones wasn't nice to you either. Mac Jones so. was great. No, the the Patriots guy was just like three questions max. Three yeah. questions. Don't ask him anything. Right. At all. Right. That's fair. So anyway, are you? You're saying that Daniel Jones wasn't necessarily rude. It's just. I uh, know he was rude. See, sure. start connecting oh, yeah. the yeah. dots. Well, yeah. it, like Dan said, with that Duke Daniel. guy. He was probably in the crowd the other night crying. Uh, that was one of my favorite 20 minutes in, in sports television. I happened to be home. Just this awkward building, mm-hmm. all miserable and crying, waiting for Shashevsky <laughs> to come back out because there was supposed to be a ce- celebration. And then he comes back out and scolds them. I've never seen <laughs> – like, if you don't like Duke, that was the greatest, like, 30 minutes of that re- television ever. That reminds Scolding. me of a few years back when um, – the Raiders abandoned yes. uh, the Bay Area. Yes, very and, similar. And we sent Mark Sessler up there to cover the big game, and the Raiders got robbed by the officials, and what should have been a win and a happy moment turned into this mystifying loss that shouldn't have happened. And then Sessler's boots on the ground. Take us through it, Mark. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, well, no, you know what? I, here's the one thing that happened after that game. There was hints and suggestions that it was going to turn into like a looting affair where like stuff was being thrown. And then right, the, that's why you flew, you flew up there. Well, I mean, that was I, I didn't had they won. It wouldn't have been that way. But then like they it turned actually they went they got calm enough and then it quieted down, turning it into not such a news story. So I don't know why I'm recapping it now here. I, I know we're well off track here, yeah. but I just want to circle back to the whole resting Greg face thing. Because yeah. at, at the first night of the combine, there was like a whole conversation about it. Uh, Colleen was like, oh yeah, first 10 times I was on the co- podcast, yeah. I was resting Greg face going on. And my thing is, uh, I guess you guys all knew about this, but it took Gonzo to actually introduce the concept of resting John Greg Hall Face. Gonzalez, born March 12, 1977, is an American sports writer who is married to NFL media broadcaster Colleen Wolf. John, who's a Pisces, resides in Los Angeles with his wife and two dogs. And I just want to know, like, what other, you know, possible shit talking could be going on, like, if Gonzo had just introduced it. I wish someone I, had told me about it before. Before this. I thought we've no, I think you're, you, just, Greg. You're badly misremembering maybe this. Just I don't know if you've been, well. you know, some of your social activities, but I, I, I branded it. I coined resting Greg face on this podcast, I believe during the beginning of the pandemic when we were doing the it, show. It, it was, it was really much more severe when right. we were, you're on your, you're in your own home staring at our faces and the, the lower right quadrant, it's Greg's face. He just looks displeased and annoyed all the time. Most R- of the time. Ricky, I, I give me my it, one though. shot of like doing a podcast with Greg when it's a computer. This is a, this is an right. audio Mark, show. Mark, make a point about Kyler Murray and the Giants. I think Kyler Murray would be a great fit for the Giants. That's my own personal idea. <laughs> Horrified. Yeah, it's just a... <laughs> hey, by the way, um, Kyler Murray, I did, I, I, I noted this. I have my article up on NFL.com. Best case, worst case, most likely scenario for NFL QBs. Murray's the only one that I couldn't even, like, make an educated guess about. Best case is he gets a huge contra- contract extension and it vaporizes all these ugly headlines in the last uh, month or so. Worst case is that the contract talks never get off the ground. There's ugly social media stuff. The agent drops another manifesto and he holds out. That's worst case. What is the most likely scenario? Do we have enough uh, knowledge of the situation to even throw it out there? Because I didn't, because like we don't know really where this story stands right now. I'm going to throw, I think that the most likely scenario is that it becomes an off-season talking point and he stays away from the Cardinals and that they don't trade him because they don't want to give him the new contract. And it just becomes something that we're talking about through August. Ooh, you see the new Russell be, Wilson. Yeah. He gets moved next or year. Or, you know, Rodgers last year, that sort of thing. Because I, I... I can't imagine them making a so I'm going to throw just one out here because it's similar. So we we, we always have to have a cantankerous star quarterback. I just think that's the most likely (laughs) because that's how it is. I can't quite imagine a trade, but I thought that statement that they made made it very clear he's not going to show up to work unless he gets a contract. And the the reports that are out there, I can't kind of can't imagine giving them a a market value contract. But I'm going to throw out a different QB swap that I think is a little more likely. How about Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield? That would be fun. It actually makes a little bit of sense here because Josh McDaniels was one of the the Patriots guys who loved Baker Mayfield in the buildup. They supposedly wanted to move up to take him number one overall. I think Cleveland would be interested in that. I I know that they, in theory, like Derek Carr. Are they going to pay him $45 million, Josh McDaniels? Maybe. Uh, but I just like that a swap that would be fun. Mix up two franchises. We're about to, you know, that'll be kind of in the middle of the AFC. The McDaniel's point is can, that helps me convince that the Raiders might have some interest. I don't think. I mean, I don't think Mark Davis 
seems like a Derek Carr guy. We keep saying that, but Derek Carr has been on the team now for well, that, like eight years. And he's that's, good. That's and he's coming, coming from, off that's his coming best from season. Like people like athletics. First it was John Gruden, and now that John Gruden got swept out, now we're going to shift it over to it. Now the owner doesn't like him either. Well, there's no no rush to extend him. I understand that. I I get that, and maybe maybe that happens this year. Maybe it doesn't. Do I see Derek Carr as an upgrade over Baker? I don't know. It's as a Browns fan, I'd have a tough time getting excited about. Is he going to get you over the hump? No, think he's going to do the same thing that he's done. His contract situation is interesting too, because I I just think. Is he could make it uncomfortable for them and not show up to work this offseason too. So let's see. Derek Carr would do that. I think it's possible. He seem like a car he's, move. He's set to make about twenty what? two million. Is that, wait a minute. Flashpoint Derek Carr? Ooh, that could be one. Ooh. Think about it. I mean he is due nineteen point seven million dollars this year. About three million. That's less a pretty good deal. And Carson Wentz, and about thirty million. It's less the next. Than Aaron it's, it's what you do. Very with the team next, friendly. Though. It's the next contract. But Dan, to your point with flashpoints, if that were to happen, yeah, it, we you just put it on the calendar that he becomes the center of NFL gossip and news about a fortnight from now. That's how that series works, yes. as we mentioned yesterday. Yes, and just the song get- really saves it. The timing. You know, it's March. 10th, I think you're starting to see, though, coming around what it's about. I was always as for it. It was industry just like tastemakers in the felt, news right. May. sector. Um, all right. Oh, just to give you a little perspective, if you're so if Derek Carr is scheduled to make about 19 million, that's basically what Sam Darnold's getting in the final year of his rookie deal. That's what the Panthers <laughs> are, are locked in on Sam Darnold. So Derek Carr. Sam yeah. Donald. I know he's a uh, a Pro Bowl alternate. I think he played in the game, but he is a a, a top like thirteen quarterback. I think. And they made and some. And his people have made some whispers about that. That that now is the time to address that. This is the year. It's a new. Yeah. It's a new regime. So it's like either you're with me or you're not. And if ever there was a time to leave, now would be the time. It's a new regime. All right. I'm gonna throw out another quarterback. I just think uh, nobody wants to talk about this, and I think it's because. I guess financially it just doesn't make any sense, but I'm not willing to give up the ghost of Matt Ryan getting a fresh start somewhere. Uh, We saw what happened with Matthew Stafford uh, getting out of Dodge and winning a Super Bowl with the Rams. Now, I think Matthew Stafford's skills relative to his peak are pretty close right now. I wouldn't say that about Matt Ryan, who was an MVP in 2016 and has fallen off a little bit. But still, I think Ryan... I really w- I would be a little bummed for a guy who's going to end his career as, you know, a top 10, 12 quarterback of his generation. An MVP is going to be right near the top of the list in all the major passing all-time marks by the end of his career. Like, he's just going to play out the string here with, with the Falcons and, and get old with the Falcons. How about we find a way to make it work? And I'll, and I'll, and I'll throw a team out there that has a butt-ton of salary cap space and a glaring need at quarterback – as of 24 hours ago, how about the Colts? People want to say, Jimmy G, get him to Indy. He'll be an upgrade. I don't buy that. I think that they're basically Jimmy G and Wentz at the same level as a quarterback. Matt Ryan revitalized on a new team with better supporting cast. I think that could be a guy that takes you maybe even a little higher than where Phillip Rivers was a couple years ago, a guy that might have another year or two in the tank to give you something big. It is on brand for this uh, regime of the Colts to go get a veteran quarterback um, who we like but who had his best season about three or four years prior. Um, That said, I think this would heal some wounds for the Colts if they could pull that off. And, I mean, it still would leave the Falcons 
with a huge, as you said, a butt ton. Is that the word you used? A butt ton of dead money. Um, but the Colts have money to spend right now. Right. Ryan has this $46 million cap at the highest in the history. It's a bad job with their accounting. I was on that beat all last offseason. It was it was giggled at <laughs> ferociously. <laughs> but I, I, Colts, the, it was Colts just that you brought it up roughly 37 times. Well, that's what you half. do when you're on a beat. <laughs> I think there's an argument that they have the worst roster in the entire NFL. It, They're it, bad. It definitely, if not, if Matt Ryan wasn't on it. If you look at their, posi- their depth chart, they're too deep. Like, They've got like five or six players, and I don't know if Ryan would do enough for the Colts. To me, he would at best be where what Philip Rivers was in 2020 because he just doesn't have the arm strength anymore. He's still a good processor, good decision maker, but he's kind of like Alex Smith late in Alex Smith's career. You know, a wow, good, the, the, do him like that. The huh? good version of Alex, like the 30s. He's he's getting up there. Like not everyone's going to be Tom Brady and age like Tom Brady. He's he's 36 years old, so he's kind of a caretaker, but. He, we watched him I would shred like the in London nuts. in October. Now, I know against, yeah, that's a no, bad had, Jets defense, but he really showed me him, something watching him uh, in person that game. He, he, If you can protect him, he was weirdly predictable last season. If you could protect him, he was like a borderline top 10 quarterback. And then the other games, it was like useless. Right, he's but not going to make any plays on his own. And he doesn't have a big arm. But if you can protect him, he's good. The Colts off- offensive line is not what it was even a year ago at this point. They're missing people. That's yeah, to though. make it work, you need to fortify that unit as well. That's uh, what we were saying about uh, you know Carson Wentz all last season. Great offensive line, just hand the ball off all day long, make eight throws a game. Where is he? What's your Jets uh, move? That you all right, I, I, le- I have I have one um, that I truly think would help the Jets um, from the culture. Robert Sala defensive. I know where uprising. you're going. I know where you're going. I like it. Honey Badger. Yes. Oh, everyone wants Honey Badger. Yeah, everybody wants well, it. Well, of course you want him because I think that he's the kind of person that could give the Jets legitimate attitude. I'll start there, but this one I kind of want to just see happen because are, there are whispers that Cleveland is not going to bring this player back. Jadavian Clowney to the Jets simply <laughs> to observe Dan take a massive hard right turn from the half decade of jabbing and needling uh, from Dan towards Clowney. If the Jets want to pay big money to uh, watch another guy get injured, yeah, bring in Jadavian Clowney. That's fine. He was healthy last season. I don't know if he fits that defense exactly what they're they're looking for. Honey Badger, there's some buzz about him to the Ravens, which I, I think would be a fun and typical uh, and that great, makes sense. great move. I would love to see him on the Patriots just have a, a bunch of different – safeties that can do a lot of different things. Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar, like you don't have any cornerbacks while I'm talking Patriots secondary. I'll just throw out like, Hey, how about we just, how about they just replace uh, JC Jackson with Carlton Davis? Carlton Davis to me could top Harold Landry's 52 million guaranteed. It kind of fell under the radar that Landry got 52 million guaranteed. That is like in the Aaron Donald range. I mean, that is in like super, I think these contracts are going to be wild. And Carlton Davis, if we were doing the old sandwich thing where we would pick who gets the most guaranteed money, I think he's got a shot at it. And I would why, add, or why, J.C. Jackson, for that matter, one of the two. Why why shrug off J.C. Jackson, who you already know fits the system, has already been better than Carlton Davis? I would like that even more. This, but it just doesn't seem like it's paying someone else Chase someone else. And, and Robert Solid desperately needs uh, a dog in his secondary. J.C. Jackson that makes, makes more so much sense, sense to me to the yeah. Jets. And I just wonder if they're gun-shy because the Jets have the two biggest cornerback misses in the free agent market over the last five years with Tremaine Johnson and Darrell Rivas. Would they want to give massive money to a guy that Belichick said, eh, we'll let him walk. But he's a ball hawk. He's exactly what New York needs in their secondary. 
Um, and the Jets obviously have as much cap space as just about any team. They got to because Joe Douglas, you look at 10 years and when guys are going to get fired, and sometimes that's when you find who's going to spend. Chris Ballard, think he's on the hot seat this season. Ton of cap space. Think he's going to spend. Joe Douglas, think he's on the hot seat this season. Think he's going to spend. Ton of cap space because those guys might not get another offseason if it doesn't go well. You know how to get Jets fans excited? Sign J.C. Jackson to a billion-dollar contract and then draft Kyle Hamilton, and you completely remake that secondary. And Robert Sala gets Carl Lawson back with Quinn and Williams. And we start to go to work. Uh, Sick of the whole Jets, Patriots sharing players. We're a little Jets heavy here, but I, th- I truly believe Allen Robinson would be perfect for them. I, I just think. Well, if they have a quarterback. Of yeah, but Zach, to me, that is a, a quarterback you want, a, a wide receiver you want to add with Zach Wilson. You're gonna have to lean into his strengths, which is throwing the ball vertically to the outside down the field. He can do that. You know, I think that's going to be There's where only he one way wins. to make And it's Allen Allen Robinson is the only guy out there like that. I think that's a nice uh, Allen Robinson with guarantees their other guys. you don't have a quarterback because everywhere he's played they've the quarterback has completely Sure, but like that is a great 1 2 3 well, just then. play with the Bears, right? Oh, the Jaguars. Corey Corey but, Davis has a 2 and Moore has a 3 and those three players to me complement each other very well. What the missing piece they have is kind of the the burner on the outside. Yeah. And yeah, first. we don't know if Zach Wilson can play. It was a very up and down, mostly down rookie year. But if you use a number two overall pick on a quarterback, you're going to have to invest and see if he could play with some top-tier talent. I'd love to see that. Um, all right, anybody else have another one? I would like to just see this happen because it would um, add a little more salt under the wound of the Seahawks, speaking of our next guest. Bobby Wagner to the Rams. Yeah. Just go spend the money. Go do it. Add this guy who basically just adds another tipping point figure in a defense that wants to get back to the Super I wonder Bowl. if that'd just be out of spite. Well, I guess they know how great Bobby Wagner is because I've seen this bandied about here. Steve Weiss kind of hinted at it. and It, it feels it, like a Rams move, doesn't it? It does, but they also never pay for that position. They don't have a lot of space. Um, so that it would be fun, though. What, one last one is uh, how about those AFC champions, Cincinnati Bengals? You guys said it wasn't sexy enough for TV, but I think it is. Laramie Tunsil to the Bengals. He's on the Texans right now, and he's kind of an under-the-radar trade candidate. I expect him to be traded in the next two weeks. Uh, I think the Texans, they have some of the issues that maybe Miami did with, with him, but they already paid the guaranteed money out, Houston, that is. And I think if you're taking on Tunsil, I think Cincinnati, take a shot with him. I'd rather do that than you know, signing Brandon Scherf, which, which I've heard is a possibility in Cincinnati, like a, a breaking down guard. I know. How about give me the, the upside of Laramie Tunsil? Give up whatever he would cost. I don't know. They, I mean, Hopefully their not guard multiple play first on the right picks. side was an epic disaster. Scherf, if healthy, is a good player, but his durability has been an issue. Good combo. You got Eric Fisher in the show yesterday. You got Laramie Tunsil in today. I mean, you're acting like, like Laramie Tunsil is an is no, a you're no a football name. guy. He, you're like the trenches is where championships are won. He entered the you league as a potential number one overall drick, uh, draft pick who fell partly because he used a bong. Like, hey, everyone knows him there. And then he got traded for like three first round picks to to from Miami to Houston. People know Laramie Tunsil. It wasn't I mean, just that, a bong. that also name. included Bill O'Brien, right? And it was the it was time, a gas mask. It, was the, bong. it wasn't also just an, an anecdote, you know, it was a an awesome anecdote bong. from his past, right? Like it, is, it, was, it was just. An outrageous bong. Right? In hindsight, though, I think it was just like the bong made him look like the, a guy from like Mad Max or something. Uh, it's all legal now, so uh, you shouldn't have knocked him down the board.
It's all legal. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you can understand. I'm not saying I'm not making, passing any judgment on people that uh, use that recreationally. I'm just saying maybe on draft night for that video to surface, you know, it might have given teams pause, and I understand that. All right. <laughs> Good talk there. Good tonsil, gas mask bong talk. Let's take a break and then bring in our guest, Michael Sean Dugar. Welcome back to Around the NFL. Guitar. Our next guest is a repeat guest because we like him because he gets it. He covers the Seahawks for The Athletic. He just wrote a banger about the dissolution of the marriage between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. And now we welcome him on to talk about that situation. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Sean Dugar. What's up, buddy? What up? What up? How you guys doing? I'm doing good, bud. So we, you were on the show for the first time last year. It was probably around this time or maybe in the spring. And we talked about Russell Wilson and the Seahawks and what's going to happen and how it felt like a pivotal year 2021 was going to be for this marriage. And it almost felt, I remember at the time I was talking about, they need to have a nice year for this thing to get calmed down. They didn't have a nice year and things didn't get calmed down. And now Russell Wilson is on the Broncos. So let's start there, Michael Sean. Is this a marriage that could have been saved if they just were able to get things on track in 2021? Or was was this a divorce that was going to happen? Uh, anything short of, say, a deep playoff run? Yeah, it, it needed to be a deep playoff run. I think they needed to probably get to the NFC title game. Obviously, getting to the Super Bowl would have been great. I mean, I just think that they had – there was no middle ground, really. And I think I probably talked about it last time I was on here, too. Like, when you have a guy who named his book Win Forever, as Pete Carroll, and you guys have another guy who names his son Win, you know, that'd be <laughs> Russell Wilson, like, you really don't have any room to do any losing if you guys uh, can't agree on stuff. So I, I always thought that um, if Russell Wilson didn't see a direct path to a championship – at least following the 2021 season, like I said, if they lose close in the NFC title game, that means you're right there, right? But other, anything short of that, you could just tell, like, they have the same goal, which is to win, but they just can't agree, they being Russ, Pete, maybe even John Schneider, they just could not agree on not only just how to get there, but uh, what happens when you encounter obstacles. And I think that, that last part is really important. Every team encounters them, but if you're not on the same path on how to problem solve, you'll really have problems. I feel like your average Seahawks fan can read your incredible write-up on on what happened here and contemplate, yes, the, the split was coming. Um, this was sort of inevitable. But you also, on your podcast, Seahawks Man to Man, um, talked about the word hubris on the part of the Seahawks organization, people inside of it. Can you just kind of unpack, like, what their thinking was, because it sounds like they maybe seem a little too overconfident that they can overcome the rare move of trading away a franchise quarterback. Yeah, and that's that's a word hubris is that was used to me, I think, twice in conversations with people after the trade, just kind of talking about why Seattle would do it. Now, obviously, Pete Carroll and John Snyder aren't going to get up there and say, 
yeah, no, we just think we can draft another Russell Wilson. But remember, this is the team that was reportedly going to draft Patrick Mahomes in 2017, the team that reportedly called the Browns, or at least talked to the Browns, I don't know who called who, um, ahead of the 2018 draft to potentially trade for the number one overall pick that year, believed to then have been used on Josh Allen if the if the Seahawks had it, which would have been a good move, clearly. Um, but like those moves just signal that this team, maybe it's just John, maybe it's Pete, maybe it's John and a couple personnel guys. Believe that, hey, man, you give us enough draft picks, we can rebuild this thing. Once we built it once, we can we can build it again. And I don't even necessarily fault them for thinking that because in a league where the average like lifespan, quote unquote, of a player is about three years and some change, you can't just count on having guys forever. You know, it just takes one knee injury or something. You know, they, this is a team that lost a draft pick because he broke his face on an ATV. That'd be Malik McDowell before he even got to training camp. And so you kind of have to view these guys as as indisposable. I think Darius Slay of the Eagles tweeted, I think last night or a couple of days ago, that teams just think all pro and pro bowl players grow on trees. Uh, and he's not wrong. They do think that, you know, because they're the ones who draft and acquire those all pro and pro bowl players. So they think they can do it again. That's not to say Seattle immediately thinks they can find a quarterback better than Russell Wilson. But clearly by agreeing to trade him, they must think we can at least get by without Russell Wilson. Right. And I think they've, They've thought they can draft that well because they started off historically great, but it really hasn't been that way on defense for a while. I loved the the idea that you're kind of putting out there that's like, I don't believe that Pete Carroll is going to rebuild. I think they're going to spend what they can in cap space. I think they're going to be aggressive. They're going to use these draft picks, and they're going to try to contend this year to prove everyone wrong. It, it's going to be tough, but I, I, I'm just still like interested in going back a few years because – the way that you painted how close they were, how Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson were very much on the same page and and they had almost certain sort of rules for Russell Wilson not to criticize him uh, too publicly and how in the end there was a lot of criticism uh, from Russell Wilson's camp of Pete Carroll privately and how they were burying his boss but that Russell Wilson was always trying to have like this plausible deniability of like, well, I didn't ask for a trade. I just said, here's where I would want to be traded if I was going to get traded. Like, how did that play within the organization with his teammates? And how, how, like, wouldn't that be annoying to be working with this dude for the last five years while he's kind of burying you privately? And like, how did that work with his teammates? I'm really curious. Well, as long as they're winning, it's not too bad, right? And I, and I think uh, I, I do have to give some credit to my coworkers, Jason Jenks and Mike Sando. We kind of triple bylined that story. And that section you're highlighting there, kind of the background with Russ and Pete, that was a lot of them more than it was me. We all worked on the story together, but that particular section, they did a lot of heavy lifting. So I got to give them a, ma- a major shout out. But yeah, Russ is a polarizing figure. Uh, in Seattle for some of the reasons you mentioned. Um, I mean, even look at this last season, right? This last season is a really good example. And I have to write a story, I think, at some point about his legacy. And I'll include, you know, this kind of like anecdotal evidence there. Like Russ broke his finger. That sucked, right? No one wanted him to break his finger, right? But then when the doctor tells you you have six to eight months, six to eight weeks, excuse me, that you got to sit out because your finger's broken. Russ hears that and goes, well, I can do it in three to four. Well, no, that's not how diagnosis usually works, brother. (laughs) So you got the guy, you know, seemingly, and this is not anything a player told me or coach told me specifically, but like he got the guy seemingly still making it about him. Remember on Sunday Night Football, he's still like doing the routine, even though he's on IR. 
uh, you know, like stuff, stuff like that. He's tweeting Clearly, out a lot of the surgery. He's putting the Instagram of the recovery. Like, yeah, he was setting it all up. Right. You know, it's, it almost became like a Russell Wilson production, which is not again, that's normal. But when you're winning, it's easier to just play. Ah, it's kind of just, you know, par for the course. But then when you rush back, you know, against the Green Bay Packers, you know, at two weeks after the team put up a 30 ball, obviously against the Jaguars. But, you know, in Geno Smith's first win and then you get shut out, you know, by Green Bay, you know, that stuff doesn't sit well, you know. If I think like two weeks later in Washington, he threw an interception, you know, on the two point conversion, the last play of the game in Monday Night Football, they lost that game. And not to say everything was was Russ's fault necessarily. That teammates don't like, don't uh, just hated the guy, hated his guts. But you know, it's just easy to, easy to excuse stuff that yeah you could dismiss as like annoying or cheesy or whatever when it's not followed by greatness. Right? Well, like his work ethic will never be questioned. His talent will never be questioned. But it's like, hey, man, if you kick it a certain way, we need you to be out here and, and be great. You know, and I think that 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 made him like a polarizing figure uh, mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Uh, you know, what's interesting, too, is that one thing that didn't quite check out to me. And maybe you could offer some insight on this there at one point in, in the piece in The Athletic. Um, it's written that there was some thought that Wilson was checked out during this season. But like a guy that's checked out doesn't rush back from a broken finger like that made me that made me think well he seemed to be still be a, a great competitor uh but if you're a guy who's checked out aren't you gonna take that maximum time and get get to the off season? Uh, any thoughts about that yeah no that's fair that's a good point uh i will say and and, and that was something i heard directly i guess i'm spilling which sections were who's <laughs> <laughs> on this byline uh, but like that, that that's something I was able to contribute to the piece, that line in, in particular. And it's something I kind of heard later in the year. So like after the okay. um, the rush back from the finger injury, maybe around like uh, maybe after they beat like the Texans or maybe not directly after, but around, you know, early December ish, where it's just guys like, man, three just may not be in it, you know, because players refer to guys as their jersey numbers, like even though they know their full names and stuff <laughs> like it's like three might not be, you know, in, in this all the way. And it makes sense. You know, right? Because this is the guy who whose agent gave Adam Schefter here, man. If we don't want to trade, but if you're thinking about it, here's four teams. <laughs> like, how do you already have four teams on deck? Right? That means you yeah. already have you got one leg out the door. You know. And then I think around that same time, I heard that uh, guys thought he was checked out. Boom. Uh, Jordan Schultz has the list of three new teams: Saints, Broncos, and uh, Giants. Russ gets asked about it. Says, you know, I never said that to Jordan. Okay, but that doesn't mean the information isn't true, right? Which is right. which is important. He's not it's as good as at this as he thinks he is. Doesn't it feel like that with the way Wilson tries to play the media? He's not as good at it as some other players in a prominent position. I mean, I think his <laughs> his camp's really good. <laughs> they they are actually probably some of the best at, at at playing this game. But it's just stuff like that is a because you asked a good question there. Like, right, a guy who's checked out is not going to rush back. But I just think it was. It was more so after towards the end, like, man, does this guy really want to be here still? Like, you can just kind of sense whether it was leaks or performance or whatever. And then what do you know? Um, he uh, he he wants to dip. You know, he signed off on that no trade clause to to bounce the Denver. So I think the checked out part like adds up for me, especially if you think about it like and everything after he comes back from the finger injury. What so crystal ball this? Because now that's great that Seattle and the people inside won this power struggle and end of an era, everything's changed. But you still have to go find the next quarterback, and you can't just try to sell Andy Dalton to the northwest part of the country here. Like, what is the move? I mean, is there? 
maybe something explosive coming, like a Deshaun Watson or a trade for Kirk Cousins, someone that we can identify as an actual starter? Yeah, I would have to think so. If for no other reason, survival. You know, I've been telling anybody who's willing to listen, like in the NFL, I haven't been covering this that long. I'm 29. But for the most part, yeah, <laughs> for, the, for, for the most part here, people who cause the need to rebuild don't get to see the rebuild through. That's usually not how it goes. So like if you miss the playoffs in, in 2021 and you have to rebuild and you miss it again in 2022, what's the, what's the job security like at that point? So I think for survival purposes, Pete Carroll and John Snyder are basically down to two options in my mind. Like you said, you can't you can't trot Jimmy G out there or Mitch Trubisky and expect to keep your job for longer than a year. Right. So I think they're down to two options. Either you get an established guy like Kirk or you you uh, keep your eyes on the biggest caveat qualifier in the world and see if Deshaun Watson is not going to jail, um, then you see if you could trade for him. Or you you, uh, you get a rookie in the draft. Get a rookie in the draft will maybe buy you some time, depending on how good or bad that rookie is. But I just think the option they have to eliminate is get the stopgap journeyman, Jimmy G, Tyrod Taylor, Geno Smith type of guy, because you can't trade Russell Wilson and then put that out there. Like you can't put Tyrod Taylor on the season ticket holder renew email in 2022. No, 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 no. That's how you get canned <laughs> uh, after the 2022 season. Trust the process. Yeah, but you you made us feel very old, you know, saying you're still still in the 20s here. But I respect it. You you have watched Russell Wilson in person though. Be- before we let you go, I I'm just curious where you think his level of play is. Haven't having seen him so often in person, do you think he? is close to his peak and do you think like what do you think the rest of his career could look like here because I, I think I do think if they believed in their hearts Pete Carroll and John Schneider for all the annoying aspects to him him wanting to be out and and you had a there was a source in the article that said like this era is over with five weeks left of the season they thought it was out so they saw this thing coming I, I believe that if they thought he was Aaron Rodgers if he was a top three or four quarterback they still wouldn't trade him and so they're betting on a little bit that maybe he's he's not at that level what, what level do you think he's going to be at in the next couple of years yeah, they are they are betting on that. Like I don't I think part of the other part of this trade from their perspective is we ain't giving him fifty million dollars a year, you know, this time mm-hmm. next year. Which that that's their prerogative. And I think, you know, when they speak next week, or at least when Pete speaks, he'll probably hint at that. That's a lot of money. Um unless you uh, for a guy unless your guy's like competing for MVP every year, which Russ was there for like, you know, a, a couple years, then that's just a really, really, really uh, high price tap. I think that Russ at his peak is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, even in Mahomes' 2018 season, like, Russ was right there behind him in touchdown percentage, despite being on, like, the most run-heavy team in the league. 2019, he was, like, MVP through, like, week nine, if you go check the numbers. 2020, he was through, like, week eight, you go check those numbers. So, like, at the peak of his powers, he can do it. I also think one thing working in his favor is just consistency. You just know what you're going to get from Russ every year, every week, every snap. For the most part, you're going to get like a Pro Bowl caliber player pretty much every year of his career. And I think that'll be the case at least for the next three or four years. Um, so I think if also this is another thing, too. You look at when he broke his finger. right? remember I said that doc said six, eight weeks. That was in week five. Let's imagine he took the full eight. 
you start from when that would have been to the end of the year and he was himself again. He was like a top five guy through five weeks and a top five guy in like last four or five weeks with a presumably healthy finger. So as long as Russ stays away from Aaron Donald next year, the guy who broke his finger, stay away from him, <laughs> then right. he should be back to we, the top five, top seven guy in 2020. They could have made a playoff run because we know Gino wasn't losing another start if you just gave Gino another <laughs> We do not know that at all. I do. I know it. I know it. Michael Sean, before we let you go, a lot of pop on this podcast. I uh, threw my support behind the Australian alternative rock group from Sydney, Gang of Youths. A lot of pop behind the scenes on Twitter. People are like, yeah, good choice. You are a music man. Mm-hmm. What are you listening to right now? What What should our audience be plugged into in your realm? I know you're a big hip-hop guy. I am. I've actually been listening to more like artists who like infuse like jazz into their their hip hop. Like a lot of Kendrick Lamar, like specifically his second album, um, with where he worked with a dude named Thundercat, who's like a really George Duke inspired like hip hop kind of jazzy guy. Um, so I, I definitely recommend him. No, he didn't like pay me to say that or anything. <laughs> uh, but just like when I write, this is like I don't know how many people as writers that listen to the show. But when I write, I listen to a lot of like late '90s, early 2000s neo soul. Um, Jill Scott, Lauren Hill, D'Angelo, uh, Music mm-hmm. Soul Child. So like I can get down with music that precedes me a little bit, you know. That's all stuff that came out when I was like six or seven years old. But that's that's kind of my vibe. Right Again, now. making us feel old because that was like in our college <laughs> wheelhouse right there. Oh, D'Angelo, uh, the slow pose. What, what was that song? Untitled. Uh, untitled. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. You you've done it again, Michael Sean. And I apologize. Well, I, think- I think I DM'd you and I, I called you SMD. Which would be Sean Michael Dugar, but it's Michael Sean Yikes. Dugar. Yeah, it's a bad job. <laughs> but it's because because you you do in your Twitter you have Dugar comma Michael Sean, and then it just scrambles in my head that that should be reversed as well. Is that on purpose? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm just I, stupid. I, forget, I wrote my Twitter bio in like college. Uh, that's why uh, if you notice, it's still like in the third that third person thing. I have yeah, my I Twitter that. bio. I I wrote that like a long time ago, and people love it, so I I haven't changed. I think it. you're Same fine. Thing that's, that sounds like a Dan issue too. more than an it issue does. For you. It, it sounds like it's my problem. All right, Michael Sean Dugar. Make sure you check him out at the Athletic, also on the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. Thank you, my man. Uh, we'll catch up with you later. Appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you. Peace. There Thank he you. goes. Michael Sean Dugar. Um, that's what I'm talking about, Greggy. If you, I think you're, a li- even in your, it, it got, it's on my nerves a little bit. I got to say, your top one-on-one when you added Bobby Wagner, totally cool with where you have Wagner, by the way. Where is he? 17. 17, totally fair. He's not Bobby Wagner anymore, but he still is a capable player who could help the right team. But you, you make sure to like say, oh, he's in decline like Russell Wilson. I'm not <laughs> just at a little all bit. Just certain. A little bit. Wilson, you also called him 34, and he's 33. These little what? things, these microaggressions. He's turning well, it during the season. Okay. Well, that's that's a problem. Yeah, that's it's, inaccurate. These, these little microaggressions towards Wilson, I understand why you're not as big. Maybe I find him annoying like the Seahawks <laughs> coworkers. I think, I think that's what it is. Might be. But I, what, I thought that was very interesting what he said there, that if you, if you do put that full, what the doctors were telling this man to do, which is you need to have the surgery, you need to rehab it, you need to give it the time. And he didn't, and his play suffered as a result. So it was a little bit of, you could say, oh, he's trying to be a good teammate, or you could look at it the other right, way you and say he was trying to be a hero. Ways that, like, throw it out because he was hurt, 
but it's his own like hubris that put him back in the right. line, at least from a team perspective. But from an evaluation perspective, that's fair. Maybe I'm overrating the end to 2020, which really stuck in my head that last six But you got to factor weeks. in the first eight weeks of Absolutely. that season, too, when he was Absolutely. an MVP. The X factor for me, Broncos forward, because all these players talk nonstop. And we mentioned it you know, when the news broke. And this article but just emphasized it so much more that Russell Wilson, for all his peculiarities, um, seemed to just not have a lot of player fans inside the locker room. And it's not just John Schneider and Pete Carroll and the, and the power brokers. It's like that. What that's an issue, I think, for uh, some of these quarterbacks that are moving from Team A to Team B. It's not just their play. He'll it's make it pers- happen, though, I think. In Denver for a couple, you know, it's like he'll, right, well he'll help those he'll guys be, get better numbers. Too. It'll be super they'll, they'll fresh love. early on, but I mean, can it be sustainable? And one last thing uh, that Michael Sean pointed out, which I agree with, when you kind of brought up, is the is he in decline? Is somebody that's been boots on the ground there? He there, said no. So yes, so I, there's, that, but there's gray get... area. It's like yes, they might have decided. They wanted to move on without him because they think they're better in the long run. But that the fact that they don't want to pay him forty-five to fifty million dollars doesn't necessarily mean they don't think he's an excellent star quarterback. That's just not the model that they think is the most effective way to build a champion. Which you can absolutely make the case in the modern NFL that it's very hard to build a champion when you give that much to one player. It's you know it's it's a thorny uh, situation and. It, in a lot of ways, I think the way it ended with Wilson not playing up to uh, up to his highest level and the Seahawks going into decline, a lot of that, I think, would went into just the relationship running its course, performance getting caught up right. in that, and everyone needing a fresh start. Right. That, that's sort of what I was getting at like a year ago, where it was like, you, on some level, they had to make a choice as owners because it didn't seem t- tenable, that if you really wanted to build around Russell Wilson, it probably was time for a regime change. They didn't want to do that, so it was time for Russell Wilson change. The, o- the only concern here is there's no Mike Munchak in Denver, the offensive line coach, uh, and that talent group up front. He might be complaining about his pass pro. I'm getting hit again. too much. I'm just saying. Uh, that was such happening. a great interview, you guys. I'm just laughing. Not only, Dan, did you get his name wrong, mm-hmm. but he's, he's you know, younger, and I'm just laughing at him opening up his DMs and you saying, hey, SMD, which is a an acronym that people use for other – they that means something. So I'm laughing at him <laughs> looking at that, making <laughs> you say <laughs> – I didn't even think about that. That is – So that is hilarious. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. It was unintentional. <laughs> Um, but I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad everyone just Googled Urban Dictionary. So, yeah, I just had to let you guys know, like, what that. Oh, that's awesome. What that means. That so. is amazing. I hope. Well, it, what was his response? He replied. He, okay. He replied. I mean, he if he didn't reply, right. it would have been. He arrived right. on the show. So that was good. He knew it was. Oh, no. A bunch of olds. We, we were young. Why are you so self-conscious about getting older, Greg? Why do you keep why, and Why do you up? keep throwing all of us under the bus? With I'm your, totally with your comfortable with where I am. I am too. I like, I I like getting older. It's just a good. It's a good I know. It's like, but we don't all have your mentality. Do you want to hear the DM? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. SMD, thanks for coming on the show today. <laughs> Such a jarring right turn. Uh, you, you have to follow up and, and uh, make, I'm crying. make that right. Well, you said, and that's why I said yikes, and you guys were just like, yeah, I got his name wrong. And I'm like, what? Oh like, ima- if someone DM'd me that, I'd be like, what? I love it. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, I'm, I'm Dad is live, live replying on the show. LOL, SMD. It's even worse a, upon closer inspection. Sorry. What a week. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I love Michael Sean Dugar. That guy gets it, and he covers that team really well. So uh, he is – we know where he is, Ricky. He's in the file. He'll hit be it, coming back on in return. When, when Pete Carroll and John Schneider are swept out of the building a year from now. <laughs> Could happen. All right. Uh, before we go, let's just get caught up on the news of the day. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot, not on the show this week. Tony Grossi got the call, and Sessler was the booker on that. Just uh, parse that however you might. Absolutely. Do not, if you're listening, anyone at all, do not take any of that <laughs> as factual. That is an absurd. Well, it is factual. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was funny, though, that <laughs> I built consensus around. Uh, if, if, I built if anyone consensus. wants to know how this show works, I can. I can well, it worked differently, though. I thought I was interested. It worked differently this week. Dan. Uh-huh. Uh, Highly know, efficient is what I would like. Dan to nominated you. He said, Mark, this is a big moment for you. It was almost like, and he was like, you are going to be in charge of booking I, the Browns. I, pointed, really I pointedly you, put Mark you in charge. You make the choice. Yeah. You were and saying don't build consent. Just make a yes. choice. In machine-like fashion, we had a guest about 90 minutes later. <laughs> no, you did great, and I thought Tony was great, but was let's great. not let's not bend it as fiction that right. you didn't make the call. Well, let's say that I knew Mark, potentially that Mary Kay had this report that we're about to discuss coming up, and we'll talk to her next. Mark is That's the equivalent called, of like the, the middle manager who never wants to make any decision. I I don't want to be any. I don't want to be in of charge it. of anyone. Let's say out there. of it. Well, uh, and I love, I love you for this, Mark. One of my favorite Markisms in text is whenever we're like planning things for the show. About once a week, there will be a Mark text that just says, "Greg, bend me, shape me." <laughs> well, that 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 also, you know, not from your guys' musical era. But you or don't want to bend nor shape, so it's a catch. I, well, be, like, it is not sometimes the easiest uh, gaggle of individuals to suggest ideas among. But Wes and I. We often use that as a code term because it was just like drag us to the show, and then when the lights go on, we perform. It's it, it's messed up the the balance here because now you're the only one being. Well, that's the thing. I stand out as where yeah. Well, gets, I think Wes and I it's were tiring. Think about what would happen so. if we all had that mindset, though. Sh- we wouldn't be here right but now. But you cannot have four people <laughs> battling. We already every, every show already is about eighty to ninety texts, so it's like, do you want me to add another eighty or ninety where I'm trying? Do you think what, the show is successful? I think it is. It is. It's that. It's that attention to show building behind the scenes that plays a major role in the success and the audience we've built. I I would like to say that it's much more uh, along with that that like some people when you know when that little light goes on that's when you start to operate deliver. There will be yeah chemistry. Right. That's number one. There will be a time. uh, Let's say you know anywhere between one and ten years from now where those texts don't happen as much. And we all show up when the red light turns on, and then the show will nosedive. How about have me, have me host a show from A to Z this offseason. I'll do all the work, and we will see what the product is. Ooh. The product will be spicy. One I show, love though. that idea. Just one. No, though. one week. That's Give easy. them the whole week. Give me a month. You got, right. these, Give all these other people have a month. <laughs> 20, 20, have a You're month. mad again. No, I, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm actually, we're in day right, 10 SMD of the, of the month. SMD and tell me the news. <laughs> oh, we're still doing news? I know. Mary it's Kay still. Cabot, who got snub, snubbed by Mark Sessler yeah, on the right. show this week, um, reports that the Browns have Derek Carr on their radar. We mentioned that uh, earlier, but that's, right. I that's where that. the reporting came the from, yeah. uh, that Mary Kay says... You know, the Browns who are laying in the weeds here, we talked obviously with Grossi and said it seems like they're uh, at some some point we need to believe the Browns when they say that Baker's their guy this year. Derek Carr 
Would you rather have Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins, by the way, Mark? Well, that's a tough one. In a vacuum, who would you rather have? I would I would probably take Derek Carr based on what I thought he did this past season and with an organization in wow. I want neither. It's like you would have to – the thing about the, why those are annoying quarterbacks is they're just good enough where you would probably have to give them a new contract that paid them 35 to $42 million a year. No interest. <laughs> I don't know I, if to you want to do that. To me, it's an easy answer. I think Derek Carr has been getting better – I think he's better than Baker. I think he's better than Kirk Cousins. And I think the whole like paint by numbers, Derek Carr doesn't create on his own. Maybe doesn't use his athleticism as much as very safe. That's kind of perfect for Kevin Stefanski. That's like the Kyle Shanahan type of guy. Okay. So the fact that they're interested, okay. I, I think there's something here. I think there's something here. And I would if I was a Browns fan, I think that is a big enough upgrade that I'm And what do the what do the Raiders do then if they That's were That's what maybe they would be interested in giving Baker a, a shot here on on his fifth year in in Yeah, oh, you mentioned the Josh McDaniels he, fascination. Right, and he's is he a little still more fascinated. I don't you know, I don't know. He's a little To me Baker is not that paint by number. If there was going to be a great Baker career, I don't know if it's in a like go one to B, every one to two with your progressions. Every every play has a right answer on it and you should do that right answer. That's what I want out of my Kyle Shanahan, little mechanical. That's not Baker. I could see yeah, Baker when, in a Raiders uniform too. And when I hear Kinda, Greg I say, it. if I'm a Browns fan, I'm excited about Derek Hart. It's like, I am a Browns fan, and I'll tell you how a Browns fan feels about Exc- that. I just, I guess I'm more excited than, than I am. How does it feel? Lyle Collins. Active trade talks around the offensive line, the tackle for the Cowboys. Rap Sheet reports that uh, the Cowboys are looking to deal the tackle. No deals imminent at this t- time, according to the Pro Football Network. But the Cowboys, as we talked about earlier this week, are in a lot of cap distress right now. And if they move uh, Collins, uh, that's t- $10 million off the books. He's a good starting player. It Just as a reminder, a lot is going to happen in the next five or six days, especially on the Cowboys. Lawrence, Cooper, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins. Like, these guys are up for grabs. Oh, by the way, Connor Williams, who was a starter for them, is I don't think is going to be re-signed and was their starting guard. So usually if these reports get out there, that's usually a sign he's going to be an ex-Cowboy. I have a feeling, this is just a gut feeling, that Demarcus Lawrence calling their bluff and saying, like, I'm not taking pay cut. They were like, uh, actually, okay, we're going to keep you still. Like, I, I think they're going to make room and just keep DeMarcus Lawrence, beca- and maybe Lyle Collins is one way to do that. Trading. And finally, some notable cuts, players that are entering uh, the open market. The Lions cut a former splashy free agent signing in Trey Flowers after three years. Landon Collins and the Commanders part ways after uh, a huge contract a few years ago as well. And Roger Saffold is also out, um, a guard who has fallen off a little bit. And now he opens, uh, hits the open market. Any of these guys, well, I, I would assume at least two of them, Greggy, are entering the uh, top 100. Only, only one. Trey Flowers will. No Landon Collins, huh? Landon no Collins was the 172nd ranked safety out of 106 safe, 176 safeties a year ago. He's like a safety that can't cover. And he, was he played linebacker and made some good impact. All three of these guys got monster market-setting deals at, at one point. Trey Flowers just got caught in a regime change where he doesn't fit that scheme, but he, he, he and he's been hurt a decent amount. But I, 
can imagine a, a Patriots-like team or, or the Raiders giving him some good money. He, he's in the top 100. Saffold such a Patriots was like 112, and so that was right at the spot. Is like, do you write the little write-up? No, you don't. Okay. And uh, uh, lastly, on Roger Saffold, who was on the Titans, he uh, tweeted on last week that Bad Bunny is the greatest concert I've ever been to. Just a little note there. Little peek behind the curtain that he's not just a football player, he's a man. And he's a man who likes music, especially music from Bad Bunny. Do you have any hip hop uh, recommendations, Greg? I know uh, that lit up your Christmas tree when I uh, teed up Michael Sean Dugar there. No, I'm a, I'm just uh, I'm old. I'm 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 just. What obsessed. is up with you? Yeah, You're wait, not. Oh, you don't strike me as a guy that would struggle. No, I do. With this, with do. mortality and getting I older. I just bringing it up as uh, you know, way to make everyone feel uncomfortable. But even only like six <laughs> months ago, you were heavily into this, into that musical scene. Why have you? Why suddenly are you now? Is it not accessible to you? No, no, I, I do, but I don't have any like new, okay. uh, hot, uh, get it things. Gotcha. Bad Bunny, born Benito Antonio Martinez Ocasio. I mean, Bad Bunny's big time. He's probably playing Madison Square huge, Garden. Huge, huge artist. Huge, huge, huge. All right, <laughs> Ricky. Anything else? No, I think you guys really nailed it. So is this like the last time we see you for a week and a half or something? Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Yep. This time next week, I will uh, have my toes Erica, in the sand Erica and a drink in at my the, hand. at the metrics from last year. She said, what is literally the most downloaded week of the entire year of the Around the NFL podcast? Because I want to miss that. Is it free agency? It's right it's there, our producer. Yeah. Really? Right there. <laughs> wow. right there. It's it's similar to like a big regular season. Ricky, and let's go over the ground rules again of this uh, ill-timed vacation. Yeah. It is bad news um, behind the scenes unless somebody comes back with a ring on their finger. Okay, so that's the one. Clear. And th- you can't. And there's also no shenanigans here. If there is no ring uh, shared from one partner to the other. You must come back hat in hand on the show and apologize for missing the free agency. That week. seems fair. Okay. And yeah. if if you come yeah. back with a ring or Jet comes back with a ring, I don't know how it works, then we will not <laughs> scold they, you. I think they both have rings. Well, also, Erica, have you, if Erica's not purchased a ring, well, then, you don't know then that. it reduces. I don't know, but it reduces. Why would they both have a ring? By the vibe I proposed here, to my I, wife, I didn't get a ring until I was married. I know, but we don't know. Yeah, because men get to go out in the club when they're engaged and not have rings on their fingers. It's stupid. But well, to, that's our to the, you are you are in a gay romance. <laughs> if there is a a gay romantic novel, <laughs> like what does this mean? If I understand, I your don't question. think it changes anything. Yeah. When the, the engagement yeah. happens, you don't pu- both come back with the rings. You could um, sometimes. Sometimes two partners. Greg, shut up! I'm asking the gay woman. <laughs> yeah, Greg, answer. <laughs> Just saying, you can do whatever you want. That was like the most. Erica, actually, don't speak. Greg, yeah, tell Greg, me what happened. How when it works. Uh, two gay women. How does it work? Uh, get engaged. I'm just. I'm making fun of you. Just being like, all right, let's hear the thing. It's very let's important. Hear. Again, let's hear what happened. Yes, we're a little bit older. It's important. You're playing catch up a little bit, and you're trying to learn about okay. these other sides of the world. Sure. And I'm asking Erica, sure. whose boots on the ground? <laughs> not Greg. <laughs> boots not on the ground. Ricky, boots ground. Know. Yeah. Well, okay. So it depends. Um, a lot of it, de- like it does depend, but a lot of times there is one person, but a lot of times because gay couples are better than straight people. And I'll just say that because that's fact. Um, well, sometimes they'll both pr- pr- propose at the okay. same time and not know the other one was going to do it. So, so that's that what you're expecting. It does seem no, reading between the lines that, that she 
it thinks she's coming back with a ring or that she's bringing a ring. Definitely. Uh, All right. How about this? Definitely not. One more caveat. Definitely not. Going to be an issue if nobody has a ring. We're going to. Uh, we're gonna toast to you if you are engaged when you come back. I'd hope so. If you if you're thinking it's gonna be a dual proposal and she doesn't do it and then you do it and she says no, just let us <laughs> know privately no. and then we won't scold Never you. Never say it again. Because and I just a pop, lot will basically. have happened yeah. in your life. Yeah, I'm not gonna be showing up the week after free agency if she says no and I'm staying in Cancun and never. I home. I don't <laughs> doubt on any level that we would absolutely that would find a way to become a discussion point on this show. Oh I yeah. Don't, so I mean, remember when Jet dumped you right. on your I Cancun mean, like, trip when you, know, you bought let, that ring? Once the initial hurt. Um, and sting passes. It's a <laughs> talk. Hilarious. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, Ricky, enjoy your trip. Good luck with thank everything. You, thank you. Um, thank you. And we'll be back uh, on the television side tomorrow, Friday. Make sure you DVR it or however you get your traditional television. It's up to you. Yeah. You guys are old. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What? Just, uh, you know, move the little wires on top and of your we'll little box. And then we'll be back box. a full week of shows on Monday. <laughs> it's like, tell the kid to walk up and just turn that dial. Get those bunny ears. <laughs> full show, a full week of shows for free agency and the start of a new league year. Uh, so be there for that. Until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for the whole gang. Benito Antonio Martinez Ocasio. Bad bunny. Heed the call.